What color is the sky? I'm mi amor, I'm mi amor. You tell me that it's red. I'm mi amor, I'm mi amor. Where should I put my shoes? I'm mi amor, I'm mi amor. You say put them on your head. I'm mi amor, I'm mi amor. You make me un poco loco, un poquitito loco. The way you keep me guessing, I'm not in Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Disney Rewind, the show where we almost get sued twice every single episode. As always, I am your host, and before we rewind, uh, I have some explaining to do. Lucy, I have some explaining to do. Um, I am currently working a full-time job and finishing up school, so that is why not a lot of episodes, aka no episodes, have been dropped since, what, November, I think? Uh, We've been still recording. I'm sitting on, like, 23 episodes right now, so they're going to be coming. As soon as I have free time to upload and record, they're coming, Uh, so I apologize for that. Also, we recorded this a long, long time ago, uh, a long, long time ago, so the things we talk about may not reflect what's actually happening in the world right now. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to Disney Rewind. Today, we will be watching the 2017 film Coco. Stay tuned for the end of the episode where we reveal our season three episodes. So we'll be talking about the next five episodes we'll be reviewing, which is a mystery to all, not so much a mystery to me, recording this, what, eight months later? Coco was released on October 20th, 2017, right in the middle of an interesting political climate. Um, This film got good reviews from everyone except for the White House administration at the time, and in my opinion, provides lessons in familial values and the importance of cultural heritage. Before we get into the movie, let's run down the plot. Spoiler warning ahead for the movie. There's no source material here, so we'll be discussing the movie and the movie alone. We open the film in the sleepy town of Santa Cecilia, located in the land below the border, our border, a.k.a. Mexico. Our focus of the film is Miguel, a bright young boy who has the dream to play music. Unfortunately for him, and, you know, as all Disney movies seem to go, his family hates music. (laughs) They hate the one thing that he's passionate about. Surely they must have a good reason, and they do. Uh, Mama Coco's, who for reference is Miguel's great-grandmother, her father, so that would be his great-great-grandfather, left (laughs) Mama Coco's mother uh, while Mama Coco was at an early age. His occupation, of course, was traveling musician. Now the family devotes its time to making shoes, which is still a pretty good business decision. Uh, Everyone needs shoes. Miguel gets around this little family uh, issue by playing in secret a makeshift guitar that he made himself, um, and he often strives to be like his hero, famous musician Ernesto de la Cruz. On the Day of the Dead, a very important holiday, uh, Miguel accidentally damages his family's ofrenda, which is a shrine to those who have passed. Breaking one of the photos, he finds his great-great-grandfather has the same guitar as Ernesto de la Cruz. It was folded up behind the picture. Um, Was this a coincidence? Uh, No. Miguel decides that he is related to Ernesto, and the best way to honor his uh, deceased ancestor is to enter the town's Battle of the Bands. On his way there, his family finds out, interferes, and smashes his guitar, which will surely break his spirit. But it doesn't. No, he breaks into Ernesto de la Cruz's tomb and steals his guitar, unleashing a curse that makes him undead. 
He can't really talk to humans anymore or be seen by them, but he can interact with all the skeletons that are visiting their family members on the living side of the world. Eventually, Miguel runs into various relatives who, in death, are looking, you know, very good, like skin and bone, very thin. Why aren't we sponsored yet? The relatives decide to bring him over to the land of the dead and figure out how to bring him back. The family finds two things. Uh, one, due to Miguel's little ofrenda incident, many family members can't pass back over to the land of the living until the photo is fixed. Namely, and the most important one, the great-great-grandmother. Not allowed over until the photo is fixed. Uh, she really wants to see her daughter. Who doesn't, you know? You know, you've been dead for so many years. Anyway, that's not the point. We also find out if Miguel does not get this blessing from a family member uh, in 24 hours, the curse cannot be turned back. He will become dead. He will die. Initially, he receives a blessing from his great-great-grandmother so he can fix the ofrenda. But uh, after she vows that he will never be able to play music again, he says, I'd rather be dead, which is an interesting, uh, interesting conclusion, and turns away and runs. He decides that the correct course of action would be to get help from Ernesto de la Cruz and enlists the help of a bum he finds named Hector. Hector joins along because he claims to know where de la Cruz is. In return for this little exchange, Miguel will take a photo of Hector and put it up. So he won't be forgotten, So, which is like kind of a second death, and uh, he can visit the real world. Miguel and Hector go on to eventually get to De La Cruz's party after a whole bunch of the usual shenanigans. Miguel finally realizes that Hector is nothing but a bum, though, and tells him to pound sand once uh, De La Cruz is like, who is this guy? Miguel eventually gets to meet De La Cruz on his own through a contest, and while they're talking, Miguel asks De La Cruz to bless him so he can return to the world, still play music, live happily ever after. Hector kind of beefs this again when he breaks in and uh, reveals that De La Cruz actually killed him and stole his song. So he throws Hector and Miguel down into a pit with Miguel only being saved by his spirit guardian, a plucky chihuahua-turned-dragon. <laughs> we find out what Hector's end goal really was. He wanted to go to the land of the living to see his daughter one last time. That daughter being Coco. Yes, De La Cruz does not have anything to do with Miguel, but Miguel's relative is Hector. Hector's ex-wife, if you remember Coco's mom, uh, rescues the duo, and we have our typical nice final battle and resolution. The film ends with everyone making up. Miguel gets to go back to the land of the living, play some music, and spread the truth about De La Cruz, which leads to De La Cruz's uh, getting canceled, interestingly enough. Uh, and now he's put his relative Hector into the spotlight. Everybody knows that Hector really wrote those songs. It's, the, it's like if the Beatles turned out to be written by... Yoko. I don't know. The point is, everybody's happy. Hector is reunited with his wife, and a now-deceased Coco is joined them in the afterworld. The film ends. We cry. Back to Pixar. Director Lee Unkirch first pitched the idea for this film back in 2010 after the release of Toy Story 3, which was another one of his movies. Its first draft was interesting but ultimately rejected and would have featured an American kid getting in touch with his Mexican heritage while dealing with the death of his mother, Jesus, Oscar bait and dark. This was felt to be fairly 
disingenuous, uh, kind of a American savior complex kind of deal. And it was decided for the film to be about a Mexican child instead. Unkirch felt an immense pressure to do right by this culture and to actually present it in an honest and truthful way. I think he did a very good job, but we will get to some questionable business practices that Pixar engaged in. Uh, I think I have to say alleged or we may get sued a third time. Well, it started off on a good foot. You know, Pixar took many trips down to Mexico to try and just drink in the culture and to gain as much information about the Day of the Dead festival as possible. Um, Was it easy animating skeletons? No. How do you animate something without a muscular system? They figured out how to, but it it was difficult. Coco takes some serious notes from the films of Miyazaki and, weirdly enough, John Wick. Uh, Director said he was inspired by John Wick. Uh, Super cool. Don't really know how it translates super well. Totally different movies, but I am a John Wick fan, so who cares? Let's hit up the controversies here. Disney as an entity tried to trademark Dia de los Muertos in 2013, something that many Mexican-Americans were... Rightly pissed about Disney trying to trademark a holiday? Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, this caught the eye of one artist, Lalo Alcaraz, who responded by drawing a huge skeletal Mickey Mouse and distributing the image online. Disney decided this isn't great PR for us. Uh, They canceled the request, and Pixar actually hired Alcaraz to serve on a committee to ensure the movie was culturally appropriate. Cool. This is great. This is this is a good response to some pretty bad actions. We'll get to some more questionable stuff a little bit later. Uncritch said uh, that, in his opinion, the hardest element of the film to come to put together was the script. Uh, I haven't really written many films, uh, so I, I haven't written any films that have that have actually been to filming. So I uh, I have no idea what the hardest part is. I'll have to take his word for it. Early versions of the films had even more changes worth talking about. Uh, In one version, uh, Miguel had to physically cross a bridge to become dead. In another version, he lived in a cursed family where uh, they had to sing every time music is played, which is why it was banned. Uh, In another, uh, there would have been prominent scenes at the shoe shop. That would have been boring. Nobody wants to watch a children's movies about making shoes. Coco had the distinction to become the first ever Pixar film to feature an almost all Latinx cast and have a nine-figure budget. Um, Very, very important. Good stuff. Anthony Gonzalez, more on him later, auditioned first when he was nine, but he did not get the role until he was 11, two years later. He wasn't even the first choice. But the original actor's voice deepened, and he was removed from the role. That is a huge bummer. Can you imagine missing out on this opportunity because you hit puberty too fast? Just on a cute little note, Pixar did some mocap, which is pretty cool. I think it's hilarious. Mocap always looks bad. Actor Benjamin Bratt, who voiced Ernesto de la Cruz, watched a lot of actors in Mexican gang movies in preparation for his role. Uh, John Ratzenberger in every Pixar movie, back again this time, Um, but he just has a one-word role, his shortest ever. Color was a focal point of the animation style of the film and allowed for the land of the dead and the land of the living to have a diversity in color palette, making it easily separated between the two. I consider this a brilliant idea. 
Santa Cecilia is not a real town in Mexico, but is based off a few villages that the production team uh, visited during their trips. All the guitar playing is genuine, and each every chord that Miguel plays in the film is a real chord. This was done by having guitarists strap GoPros to the guitar so that each chord could be viewed and animated frame by frame. Easy peasy. Cool little bit here. The Land of the Dead was designed to have be vertical and sprawling, while the Land of the Living was flat and confined. This was to show that the Land of the Dead needs to expand due to the fact that it gets new tenants pretty often. The film score was composed by Michael Giacchino, sorry if I butchered that, and a number of individuals that helped write the various songs in the film. The song Remember Me, which won the best song at the 90th Oscar Awards, also charted on the Billboard Top 200 in the U.S., peaking at number 39. Before we get to the release, let's talk about America at the time. This one will be a doozy. All right, 2017, crazy year. I personally lived it pretty was in college, wasn't the best year, let's be honest. Early on, orca shows were done, canceled. Uh, rightly so, by the way. Those animals are tortured, and it shocks me when people don't understand why they kill a few of their trainers. Dylan Roof is sentenced to death. Good stuff. Dylan Roof is sentenced to death after a horrendous racially motivated church shooting. In sports, Atlanta blew a hilarious lead to the New England Patriots, uh, truly making them one of the worst teams in football history. All year long, our president, D. Trizzy, uh, not our president anymore as of time of this part, not so much the next part of the recording, um, was bathed in a sea of controversy. Uh, ending, off on a home, ending off on a high note, the Vegas Golden Knights play their first season this year, and wowzers, they end up doing pretty well. Uh... I think they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think they won. Okay, that's all the that's all the events that I remember. Back to Pixar. First trailer for this film was released shortly after the Beauty and the Beast dropped in March of 2017. A movie that made me go, yeah, okay. After that was a short film dealing with Miguel's dog Dante, who, as I previously mentioned, becomes his spirit guardian. The film released first in Mexico during the date that I've mentioned in the start, but dropped in the States just under a month later. It had a lot to contend with, some very good movies that I still watch, see Thor Ragnarok, and some very, 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 very bad movies that I don't watch, uh, Justice League. The film came along with a short known as Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which ran for about 21 minutes. It won a slew of awards, including the ones that I previously mentioned. Uh, and is widely considered to be one of the best films of the 2017, and it is widely considered to not only be one of the best films of 2017, but one of the best films of the 2010 to 2020 decade, or I guess 2010 to 2019, whatever. Pixar and controversy, here's what I was waiting to talk about. Again, don't sue us. Alleged, this is all alleged. Pixar, allegedly, based the character of Mama Coco off a real woman living in Mexico. They, allegedly, promised her some royalties from the movie, but definitely she was not paid. The town in which she lives saw a major boost in tourism, and many people visit her. Um, and just call her Mama Coco instead of, you know, her name, which is, Jesus Christ, come on, guys. This is, this is Bush League tourism. As of recording, Disney and Pixar still have not acknowledged the situation or allegedly sent any royalties to this very fragile old woman. 
Um, this is gross. Uh, again, final alleged at the to ice the cake so I don't get sued. Um, you know, I can't I can't 100% say if this or if this didn't happen. I do have some some sources that may illu- illuminate the situation a little bit more. But if it did happen, shame on you, Disney and Pixar. Really, really shame on you. Let's talk about the talent. Lee Unkrich is notable for a ton of story work on other Pixar films. He directed Toy Story 3, um, another franchise we need to start soon. Anthony Gonzalez played Miguel. He hasn't really been in a whole lot else, but you can see him in an odd TV show here or there. Check out his IMBD. International, wait, I movie da- IMDB. I always mix that up. Gail Garcia Bernal played Hector. Sky is absolutely massive down in Mexico and has won a slew of awards. And finally, Benjamin Bratt played Ernesto de la Cruz. I know Bratt from his work on Law and Order, where he does a kick-ass job. But you know, take a take a gander at his uh, filmography. Other stars include Alana Ubach from Meet the Fockers, Gabriel Iglesias of comedy fame, and Cheech Marin of Up and Smoke fame. I'm a big Cheech Marin fan. Uh, won't go into why, but uh, real happy it was in this. Awesome. So what did we think? Uh, we're live. Wow. And we're back. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, you're keeping that one, right? To Disney Rewind, I have to now. <laughs> we, I just went through the history. Now we're going to talk the mo- about the movie. The movie, of course, we're talking about today is Coco. Ooh. Coco, the 2017 Pixar movie that did not make me burst into tears last time. <laughs> Are you saying you burst into tears? Ugly crying. I have some questions for you guys today. <laughs> uh, only two today. Partly because I just started working and I haven't had time to really work on any more questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, this movie is kind of limited in its themes, but you know, the one theme it does explore, it does deeply. Cancel culture. This movie is accidentally relevant with that. The the guitarist, oh, whose name is totally uh, De La Cruz. Okay, but he tried to murder a kid. Right, was a hero, but when the truth came out, he was canceled. He tried to murder a kid. So. This brings up a hot topic. <laughs> Wait, no, this is different. This is this is different than you saying something like when you were eleven, and then again brought back up like seven years later. He actively tried to murder a kid, and then he also murdered that kid's great grandfather. Well, that was the part that, that everyone got upset about. But does cancel Wait. culture have any place in today's society? Well, it, it has to depend what you mean, though, because if it's a, like a legit case, like in the case of this movie. He actually murdered somebody, and he was actually going to hurt a child. If you look at cancel culture, they definitely have canceled people that have done stuff like... Not talking about Twitter. talking about, like, statue canceling right now. Because they, like, take down... Or they're going to probably take down his statue. Oh, well... I I picked a a divisive question on purpose. I think the statue takedowns are dope. Yeah, no, it has to do with the fact that he's not the hero everyone thought he was. He did a terrible thing. Yes, I that plot-wise, I agree. No, well, I'm saying that's connecting to yeah. the statues now. Yes. Terrible things happened 
that those people did, but we still named universities after them, schools after them, we made statues for them when they don't really deserve it. What do statues actually do? Do they offer us anything? I don't Historically? Know. You think I look at them? built afterwards, and so I saw a post on <laughs> What? Um, you finish. They were talking about, like, everybody, the big argument with if you get rid of the statues, you get rid of history, which is so stupid. But, like, Textbook someone gave the example of, like, oh, man, I sure wish we knew what happened in the 1940s in Europe. Too bad we don't have any statues of those people. But, like, statues <laughs> yeah. are not the history. You know, a lot of people ask about this Adolf Hitler character, but I've never seen a statue of him. Who is that guy? Do you disagree, Steve? Well, sort of. Yes, I sort of disagree, because first of all, you've got to separate the statue itself. What is it? To most people, the statue is a work of art. So they don't even care who it actually is of. So they just say, oh, it's just a work of art, and they don't bother to find out who it was or get the real story. May I dispute that one statement real quick? Sure. Because we're keeping the portraits they have up in history museums. We're keeping up portraits of, like, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, who both were slave like slave owners. Mm-hmm. The portraits are still up in the museum, and I'm sure museums sometimes do have statues of people who did awful things. We're talking about statues that are just in the general public. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Most people don't even know. Do you know whose statues are by the art museum and on Kelly Drive that we've driven by maybe 500 times? I don't know. It's some dude on a horse. 500? Isn't that Lafayette? Like 5,000 We don't know. I think one of them is a Civil War guy, although he's on the right side, so he's not going to get pulled down. But and but then um, yeah. But, that, but you're kind of giving credence to our point that, like, that right. We, no the statues knows. don't teach us anything. So like, what's the point of having them up still? Why not replace them? Well, just because it's a work. We, of, yeah, you could replace it. If replace we don't it with somebody notice, else. if we don't notice them in general or pay attention, what's the point of them being part of history? Because well, I disagree that, with not that. Part of history. Well, not just part something of history, that's like, I disagree with that. That doesn't make any sense. No, I mean the whole point is we keep them up because they teach us history. That's what I meant. And if no, we don't the statues have, don't teach us anything. No, history. I'm not... That's the argument people have. That we talked about. The, the argument people go, oh, but they're for history. No. We made fun of with the Adolf Hitler thing. Uh-huh. Um, and if we don't pay attention to those statues or, or who they are, then how can you make that point? That it's for history's sake. If we don't go, oh, yeah, the one right there, the only one I know is Rocky because everyone poses with it. <laughs> don't mess with the Rocky statue. Yeah, no you can't gonna, take No one's going to mess with the Rocky statue. But... Well, see, another statue that they are messing with is the Christopher Columbus statue in South Philly. Rightfully so. What? Rightfully so. You may say so, but then you got to think, what what does Christopher Columbus actually mean? And one side is... He's a bum. It's the person who's a total bum, a real loser, and if you read him about him, you just get more and more horrified. But on the other hand, he's a, he's a symbol. It probably wasn't the right symbol to pick, but over the years... 200 years, it's a symbol of the Italian culture and the Italian people. And so, right or wrong, that's, that guy is associated with that. So you tear down the, the statue, you're tearing down Christopher Columbus, you know, a bad guy started really trashing on the indigenous people, this and that. But at the same time, you whether you like it or not, you're tearing down something the, the, that's a, about the Italian people. Can't they just replace him with another important Italian figure? 
but like no, the, but nobody that you could that put your heart and soul that you've grown up with and your parents grew up with and your grandparents. I don't know if but I who would cares? Want to be represented by someone. Who but it's not representing. People. It's nobody cares about Columbus. It's like you're messing with. Well, if nobody cares, why people. would they be upset? And also, you just said it was about your culture, and that's representation, right? It is. Columbus was Columbus even Italian? No, he was Portuguese. Yeah. Well, but I mean, oh, checkmate, checkmate. It's a split thing. That was what I'm saying. Yes. So you just have to be careful what you're doing, because they should definitely take down every statue of Christopher Columbus. Also, because he's really just not that historically relevant, in my opinion. No, well, no, well, he got—he knew how to up. keep his name around, but I don't think the he really did too much. The importance of him is there's a lot of like talk in the historical community about the ideas. There's a big theory right now that Portugal knew uh, about at least Central America and all of that prior to Columbus. It was all just kind of this under under the table kind of thing with that um but he doesn't have i don't think he has the same relevance of being the first to discover america and you know because we talk about the vikings you talk about you know there's the whole idea there's no discovering america there was just there was discovering a neighborhood (laughs) the neighborhood of america which is always already inhabited I think if I was walking through Germany and there was a giant statue of Hitler up there, no matter what year it was, and somebody told me that's their culture, that was their family's culture, it may not be nice, but it's it's meaningful, it's their family's culture, I think I would take great issue with that. And so I think there's a place for history, a place for statues, a place to go learn things, and it's not out in a park. Nope. Yeah. Well, it's not about history, though. But well, no, you've got to separate. Steve, but Steve. the point is, well, no, people, let him talk. Okay. Let him finish. All right, go. Well, you've got to separate the the one thing from the other before you take the statue down. So you're only taking down the one thing. You're not crapping all over the the Italian culture in this case. Well, I feel like the importance there then was you would need someone to have a conversation with the the culture of that area to be like, hey, you know, like I think, well, like yeah. to build upon that is to definitely you want to have the conversation with the community if said statue is culturally relevant you're going to be like hey like we under- and just have that open conversation and kind of let them that. pick who to put up next well not only that but you have a better understanding of each other like I, I just think of like so many times when cultures collide and one does one thing onto the other and then there's just always misunderstanding and there's always uh, kind of this ha- hatred there that you could definitely have that conversation if that were the case Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, in the case of that statue, like four or five generations of families grew up and you know around that park, and they take their kids there, and it's there. Well, and so whether it's the the person's right or not, but it's like some big part of the park is there. And then, then again, that you're contradicting yourself with your point. Like we drive past statues all the time. Who cares about them? Also, but some people do. That's like taking away from park. Renovations. If someone added something or get, got rid of something, should they not add a playground sh- because there hasn't been a playground there before? Well, look, I agree with you. I think statues getting destroyed is kind of stupid and pointless. But no, I, I was saying you have to you have to you take can, care and find yeah. out exactly what it means to who, and then then you know try to do it the right way instead of just showing up with a mob and pulling yeah. it down. Well, especially since I don't think anybody who was in that local neighborhood. 
wanted it down. Except people for hundreds and hundreds of years have been trying to do it the right way. And by the, having conversations. The Columbus statue? To any statue. Any, sta- any statues. There are mm-hmm. plenty of hurt people to go around. And you get tired of people not listening. Well, there you go. Yes. Split decisions. Also, with, because I just finished my history course, every like revolution or riot was considered a violent riot except for one when Thomas Jefferson became president because it was a switch in political stuff and it was called a revolution but every it was called the most peaceful revolution because all that happened was the political party changed everything besides no I have textbook proof I can pull up the textbook I'm just not familiar with this I I was wondering if Ashley was well what Max explained you just had the class yeah yeah, but you are the more. <laughs> no, I mean, no. but yeah, you finished. The point the is, we can't always go the peaceful way and the civil way is the right way to do it because in our history, especially with the people who are these statues, there wasn't peace. They fought with violence. You can't say we need to be. I. I think I totally disagree. You with will you. never have a statue, though. That makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, you can't even. You couldn't put up a Martin Luther King statue because you're going to have somebody who says adulterer, and just say, "I don't want to see a statue of somebody who cheated on his wife constantly." That's that's entirely possible. Which is my argument of put statues in a museum. Yeah. In context. With context. Or else statues of no people, I mean nobody, but just a general statue of like some guy on a horse. Yeah. Says, this is a guy on a horse. Or just like, but then you'll have uh, PETA come out and say, why is he on the horse? Yeah, but PETA also has a real bad reputation. Well, it's... What? You don't. Well, I'm just taking the, taking the argument to a ridiculous conclusion, which is what usually happens when people start arguing. Which is... They, uh, they pull away to the most ridiculous conclusions instead of... Heading back to the middle where they can actually have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You're doing, I think it's called the straw man tactic or something. Fallacy? Yeah, it's a logical fallacy. There are different kinds where you would be like, I think the straw man one is, I forget what the straw man one is. I don't like logic and I don't like it's being the, right. You can take so it, it apart this easily. There's one where it's like one or the other and you have to go, wait, there's another option, but they don't see it that way. There's different kinds. Oh, cool. My thing is, if if something is hurtful to someone, then it's worth considering not being hurtful. Oh, absolutely. But then when you when you try to just pull it down, I mean, I took a, a pretty extreme example. Well, extreme that you can still saying. have a debate about the um, you know the statue of the guy in the movie. Yeah, he definitely should come down. No. Rocky? The guy in the movie? No, no, the guy in Coco. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it turned out that it was an entire nice. lie. First of all, yeah. he didn't write that song. He wasn't as nice a guy as he And then he obviously was seen to be a completely false person. You know, yeah. it's like this, I'm a man of the people. I'm great. Everybody loves Just me. like Christopher and Columbus. Then, right, like Christopher Columbus, who had endless problems where his men would get in boats and try to go back to Spain to, to report on what was really happening. Columbus just beat them there. It's like, well, I better go back first, and that happened two or three times. But yeah, yeah, I, I'd I'd love to see all the Columbus statues go down personally, but some people, you know, it's like tied in this some big part of their heritage. No. So, so you Culture. you can't just pull it down; you've got to extract it or somehow find something else to represent. 
Well, have they have they succeeded in almost tearing it down at all? Or uh, the last I heard was that they had guys out there with M's, like uh, army rifles standing guard on it. But wow. then then the police had to come and take them away. Yeah, wow. and it's up with the uh, artistic commission. Mayor Kinney's got it with them. And they're going to decide whether the statue should stay up. So it's not. Now, once they up. decide, once it goes down, they're going to have to have more guys with bigger army rifles go in there. Yeah. Because I just did an inspection there. I'm not messing with those people. <laughs> just so everybody you, was walking around that area. It's like, nope. I don't do want you no think it's do you think it's going down? I definitely think it's going down. Yeah. They took they took Frank Rizzo down. I walked by that today. It's gone. Yep. The little platform it was on, all the holes that was screwing the statue in are like plastered over and polished. Well that's another good you example. You never know it was there. Especially because he was involved with the mob. <laughs> Was he? Probably. Yeah, he was mobbed up, at least with the unions. Maybe not like knowingly or willingly, but no. the unions the unions during the seventies and the sixties in Philly were all mobbed up. Go watch The Irishman or I Heard You Paint Houses. It's a great movie, great book. Well, I, I would, I would dispute houses? you on both those counts, but Really? <laughs> yeah. What, you didn't like the Irishman? I didn't like the Irishman. Wow. Uh, I heard you paint houses is the code word for I heard you I hear you kill people and that's the book title yeah it's the book, book title because yeah. he claims he killed um, Hoffa Hoffa another one of the Hoffa. zillions of people who yeah. he killed Hoffa anyway we're getting a little off topic that was a great I'll discussion say. that Not was a really. very good discussion <laughs> no I mean it's a wonderful discussion well yeah. the whole movie is about memory true and we're yeah. talking about you know if you don't have these statues are you going to rip Yes, because you're on the off friend. What is it? Off friend stuff. Off friend. Well, no, we're talking about. What? Well, we're no, talking about the Irishman. No, Dad said this movie's oh. about memory, which is Coco. oh, you mean yeah, Coco. And the whole point is you have to be on the off friend to have the memory because De La, uh, yeah, De La Cruz. But yeah, if they have the picture, they yeah, don't look at your picture. picture. They matter. can't yeah. remember you. Statue yeah. doesn't matter. Picture does. They memory doesn't picture. matter. Picture does. Yep. So it's a physical thing. What if you lost all the pictures and there was a fire? Well, then it would be. You would have to... They probably wouldn't be able to cross over, but you would have to remember them, because... It wouldn't the, count, though. No, We'll talk would. about that can, later. Can I please make this Yes, point? I think you're wrong, but yes. I'm literally not. They had the whole group of people who didn't have their pictures on the ofrenda, and they only went to the second death after someone finally forgot them. The whole oh, point yeah, was people yeah. remember oh, well, yeah, okay. They weren't allowed oh, to cross enough. over. All right. I know right, I'm right. right. I've watched this movie so many times. I work with kids. All right. Well, then my point is just about crossing over then. So I'm incorrect about that. Our second question. Forget me not. Uh, American culture and how we think about our deceased relatives. Do we think that American culture goes far enough? Do we think that it is kind of lacking in the ancestry department. Can I talk about that? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I, yes, Miss recently graduated anthropologist. So I've looked at a lot of like death ceremonies or, you know, passing over ceremonies and stuff. And I have to say the American culture is like the most boring version. Yeah. <laughs> like sitting in a quiet room, just being sad. Like there's so many other places that do like very much celebrations of life and honoring like that having that and like I mean, uh, Day of the Dead is the exact example of that. You're you're celebrating these people that have lived because, like, they're your family. And it just feels more tightly knit as, like, a very, like, very more communal, I guess, instead of, like, this capitalistic idea of, you know, going to a funeral home, yeah, buying bang. a lot, having a will, doing all of that yeah, stuff. It is very capitalistic, isn't it? Yes. Oh, that's the WASP approach, of which I am a member. 
<laughs> Why? How would you compare with the sitting Shiva? How would I compare? I mean, sitting Shiva as as a death celebration. Oh, I thought I, celebration I, somebody's life, not certainly nine death. days of. No, it's not nine. It is it not? I, I mean, are you supposed to be? Nine. Are you supposed to be sad and grim faced, or are you allowed to laugh and? No, no you're remember the well, it, depe- it depends on what kind of Jewish person you are. Right. Right. Conservative people like cover the mirrors mm-hmm. and I mean, well, Orthodox. Yeah. That, yes, you can sit around and have memories and laugh, and I think it's a wonderful thing. Healing. I think Shiva yeah. is wonderful. And unlike other cultures that it's kind of one and done, like, you know, mm-hmm. you have your you have your wake or your viewing, and then mm-hmm. you have your funeral, and then you have a repast or whatever, and um, and then that's it. Everybody goes home. Right? And that's when the real pain comes in for people. But with Shiva, people come back and come back and come back. And it's sort of a gradual easing, which I think is really beautiful. One of my favorite parts of the Shabbat services we had at my university when we still had them was... um, Did you go? Yeah. Wow. I went every single month. (laughs) I I dipped Uh, out of religion. Uh, was there would be a moment where we could honor people who have passed yeah, recently, the Shema, or right? yeah, the Shema, recently or close to the time we were having the service, and it was a good way to sort of like remember them with the Shabbat, even no matter how much time has passed. Right, so actually, yeah, what, what's are. the number one then? Since yeah, you what's your favorite? The what, what would your, be the best? The one you think yeah. is the oh, best? I don't know. Uh, best well, that you liked the best. Oh yeah, yeah. Of all you. the ones that you've uh, heard about. Well, there can't be a best culture because that would be super easy. The thing that speaks to you the last. <laughs> the anthropology police would like bring <laughs> 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 They hear like alarms going yeah. on. Yeah. Like, What's the best culture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant the celebration. No, no, I, I completely understand. Oh, I don't know. That's a hard one. I know. I personally right. went to go see. Uh, Native Wait, American. She didn't get to oh, I'm, no, I'm, she's I'm thinking. Oh, okay. I personally went to go see Native uh, American burial mounds from like a very, very early. It would have to, yeah, early, that'd be a specific. It'd be Native the Pueblo, American. the Pueblo, like kind of uh, canyon wall culture. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the official. There's, there's a more official name, but um, but yeah, that was just really cool to see. Uh, you know, I don't really know a lot about the ceremonies. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone does. But, you know, everybody was buried communally mm. in this large mound underground. So Oof. it's pretty dope. I, le- I really like a lot of uh, death ceremonies that they do over in Africa. Uh, obviously, it varies by tribe, but there's a, a bunch of places that uh, singing and dancing is, like, a big thing. And they'll, like, do it all night until, like... They have like it's like a very spiritual thing, but it's just it's so we got to watch it and like the music is just awesome and everybody in this whole town is just together in that moment and it's oh that's beautiful yeah that's really nice. What was the place that uh, they go to in Midsommar? <laughs> Sweden? Yeah, my favorite part of that. Is when she when she trapped her boyfriend in a bear and set him on fire. <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe you made me read that. It was a great script. Oh, and you have the Game of Thrones celebration where you put them on a raft, send them out, and, and shoot them. Oh, yeah, the Viking. Yeah. yeah, the Viking, the Viking. Norse stuff. Yeah. That's really, really yeah. cool That's as what well. they did for Thor's mom. Now there's a movie. <laughs> oh. yeah, Thor? 
Thor okay. 2 is the movie of your choice? Ancient Egypt is super cool, too. Just, like, how... Which part of Ancient Egypt? Not, there, was well, like, yeah. there was, like, six. I mean, like, oh. Great Pyramids, the, mm. the Oh, old like, Old Kingdom. Kingdom, okay, yeah. Um, just, like, all of the procedures that they did to prepare the body. It's very ritualistic, and it's just cool. Mm. I don't know if I'd ever want it. To, like, this, the mummy, mummifying process? is so cool. It's pretty neat. Take your brains out through the nose. Mm-hmm. Everything out. The, pretty um, neat. I forget which culture it was, but where they cook coins on the eyes. Oh, yeah. Ancient yeah, Greece. Ancient Greece, yes. They you can, gotta pay, uh, pay, pay the, the fairy pay Sharon, the uh, ferryman. Some people still do that. Mm-hmm. That's I what they also do with Game of Thrones, right? I'm not no. the coins on your eyes. They put the eyes of... Oh, the stones for the stones King's the Landing, mm-hmm. for yeah. the... Yeah, yeah. But that's for just the rich people and the rulers. Yeah. All the poor people got dumped in a ditch. Yeah, my my favorite uh, burial ceremony is when you had to pay to spend less time in purgatory in the the Middle Ages and Catholicism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, indulgence. We have Protestants. Yeah. (laughs) Because your bank account started hurting. (laughs) That's it for questions. Um, Before we move into just generally talking about this movie, which we have not yet started. Let's do our favorite segment, the rewrite a Rooney. I think I had a better name for it last time, but it's escaping me. A so, rewrite or something? I don't know. Coco. I would make a movie called Coco, which talked about the chocolate making process hey. from start to finish. And then I would be super rich, and we would show it at Hershey Park. Do you mean the Hershey's mm. chocolate ride? Shh. <laughs> it would go. It would go, and it would absolutely ignore all conservation issues and all, <laughs> all any issues with any indigenous people where the cocoa is cultivated. <laughs> I am making a really crappy 1950s documentary called Coco, the wow. story of the jungle to your table. Well, my cocoa would be a story about a marshmallow bunny, maybe Aww. a peep. But the marshmallow bunny would really want to be a chocolate bunny. And this, this, you know, it wouldn't matter whether it was white chocolate, dark chocolate, milk chocolate, <laughs> any kind of chocolate, whether it was hollow or solid. It just wanted to be a chocolate bunny. And the whole thing would be about the, the other peeps saying, oh, no, you've got to stick with the tradition. You've got to stick with your family. No. And saying, no, I want to be a chocolate bunny. And then finally at the end, somehow it would become a chocolate bunny, and then it would be sold to Daria, who would eat it right before she walked into the dentist office. <laughs> Funny me. Yeah. yeah. They, they made chocolate-covered peeps, by the way, so it could be that. It could you know, be. The, you know, these are the stories he used to tell. These are the kind of stories he used to yeah, tell. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my go. Yeah. That sounds like a social distort. What, what is that, man? Mom, I just want to Diet Coke. Oh, oh suicidal tendencies. Yep. That's like all a su- I wanted was a Pepsi. All I want to be is a chocolate peep, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a marshmallow peep. Your hey. father was a marshmallow peep. Your grandfather was a marshmallow Who's next, Coco? I always Top go that last, one. so that's my position. Mom, do you have your Coco, and is it following your theme? Yes. I would make a <laughs> <laughs> about... My favorite part is like putting a huge beep sound effect over the majority of what she says. It's like totally intelligible. (laughs) Just us yelling and screaming. That's gross. Especially this hollow chocolate and pieces started breaking off. Oh! Oh. Does it harden? (laughs) 
It's like it's a mud bath, but chocolate. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit you going, my thing would be a beep. And then we went beep. Like Buster in Arrested Development. Yeah, beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ashley. Um, I think I would make Coco be a small brown Pomeranian. And it's the adventures of Coco, and it's just... Oh. I don't want to steal off Secret Life of Pets, but like something along those lines. Uh, you'd, I guess. you would be able to make a better movie than anything Illumination oh, has done by just lifting a finger. So <laughs> that's right. We hate Illumination in this household, except, except Despicable Me One and Two. You're okay. He's <laughs> passed. Yeah, you're you're, fine. you're all right. Except what else was Illumination made? Uh, Despicable Me Three and the Minions, Minions movie, movie Sing, yeah. which Secret was god awful. The Grinch. Which Actually, was trash. Sing wasn't terrible. Sing was horrible. I had to watch oh, it. Sing was fun. I had to watch it. So Sing was times. literally watching a a product placement for two hours. It was like watching Kids Bop to me. Yeah, uh, I like the songs. I can't believe when I was a child, Hop was made by Illumination. Yeah, Hop is terrible. Max, Lorax. what's your what's your Lorax? Uh, uh, whatever. Um, my Coco would be about a baker who is in a failing business. They really are struggling a lot and then one day they learn how to make some kind of cake or cookie with cocoa beans in it like not just chocolate but the actual beans in it that'd be disgusting i know it would be disgusting it would probably would taste awful mm-hmm. but for some reason that it hits a gold mine and everyone's confused about how it happened and i don't know the rest of the story i'm really trying to figure this out I just every time I think of Coco, I think of all the songs from Coco, and it messes me up. Yeah, I can think of a zillion stories from Coco. I don't know. I just keep thinking of all the songs in this movie, and I get really happy. And I have one where there was a wife and a husband, and, and they met. And they were both named Coco, but one was with two K's, and the other one was with two C's. They met and got married, and they had a kid, and then they got in a big fight about what to name the kid. They were going to name it Coco, but how do you spell it? And then they just get in a massive fight and end up getting divorced. Oh, wow. my goodness. Either that or else it's like they just fight, and there's a car accident, and the kid gets left to an orphanage. And, oh, my God. And then they just misspell the name on the uh, certificate, like maybe K-O-C-O or C-O-K-O. <laughs> Or I'll C-O-C-K-O, and then somebody's like, oh, your name is Kako. Which leaves that dear so poor thing. Wow. Oy. Let's move on to how we felt about the movie. I love this movie. Yes. Um, I yes. guess we should start with what we didn't like. Was there anything about this movie we didn't like? No, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's I really very hard to think about anything that... I'm sure Steve has. No, no, I no, no. Go ahead, share. No, no. There's like one unrealistic thing to me, and I know that's hard to say. Wait, one? Look, I'm just. I know there was supposed to be a happy ending, but if I came out with letters that I said were from the real songwriter of, say, "Remember Me" or something, how many people would believe me? None. I think if you went to Twitter, everybody would believe you. But he didn't have Twitter, and all of a sudden everyone knew De La Cruz did not write those songs. And that's the only unrealistic part, but I'm still giving this movie a But I'm still giving this movie a high rating, are you kidding? Yeah, I couldn't really think of anything well, bad. How would they find out on Twitter, though? Didn't the guy get killed? 
Well, no, I, was just ma- I was just making a joke. Because oh, this yeah. is set not when Twitter was a thing. Well, still. Like, I don't, I don't know how he would spread the word that his great-grandfather wrote all of this. Well, it seems like they, like, reorganized the history of the town from away from De La Cruz, and then... Because the stop, instead of being at the statue and the grave, is at their house, and that's all, like, that framed. So it seems like more of a community, like, Mm -hmm. and they told their community leaders, and maybe... Probably, I don't know how they would believe that, to be honest. The only thing I didn't like about this movie was the lack of Un Loco Poco. Poco Loco. Poco Loco. The one song you sang at the... It only went on for, like, two minutes. I wanted 30 minutes (laughs) of Un Poco Loco. Sing it for us. No. Are you crazy? No. Are you Poco Loco? Are you Poco Loco? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But seriously, yeah, I really... This movie is... Yeah, I can't really think of many faults I have with this film. Maybe that... Portions were a little slow. I think, if I'm being fair, um, I think a few a few scenes dragged on a little bit. Um, but like other than scene? that, oh, I think yeah. when he's like at De La Cruz's party at the beginning. Well, no, because there's so much to look at. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this trip over there. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I do think some of the early, the first act of the film drags on a little bit. That's yeah, that's fair. But um, everything else is pretty fantastical. It's funny. It definitely could be... It, it definitely trades in some jokes just for, like, action sequences and... I didn't feel like this movie had a lot of, like, adults-only jokes. Though. Yeah. Except for the part where they're singing yeah. on the guitar. That I thought that part's funny. Yeah, <laughs> Children yeah that, I, I agree with that. Did they ever explain how the kid got to be such a skilled guitarist without ever having access Raw to the guitar? He, no, Raw he was town? watching it in the attic. He was yeah, watching, watching it. Oh, okay. He, he built his watch, own guitar. Yeah, let me just go, go watch some movies of uh, Horowitz playing piano. That'll help me out. <laughs> yeah. But the, the purpose is that um, when he snuck to the plaza to uh-huh. find shoes... That couldn't have been the first time he went to the plaza and saw people playing music. It doesn't matter if you see them. Does that mean he learned how to make shoes by watching other people making shoes? Or missed, them? Well, then he made his guitar and he taught himself how to play. The point, like I wouldn't know how to do a lot of things if I didn't see other people do them. Yeah, but you still have to do them first. Yeah, and he does. But who knows how? Well, anyway, it well, that the was magic of Disney yeah. Pixar. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> really, like that's the part you're gonna pick, not the whole like. Going over to the other side. Well, also, I thought they didn't give any respect to the business of shoemaking. Yeah, I know. Well, it's like, I've got to get away with this. I'd rather die than make shoes. Whoa. Oh, At the end boy. of the day, you know, would you rather have a good pair of shoes or another good song? Which one? Good song. Probably a good pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, it's a good song to have to walk somewhere, then you're like, headless song. <laughs> yeah. some shoes. I could whistle something myself, but I can't whistle a pair of shoes. Good lord. Oh, there you go. You wouldn't be able to whistle, though, Dad. That was one of the rules. See? Let's talk about the good. Um, everything? Yes. The animation was beautiful. Yeah, okay. This movie's wheelhouse. I have to agree with Ashley. It's definitely the art. Yeah. The The, bridges made of the pedals uh that they had to cross over, and you could see them fall. Like, the pedals kind of circulating was really, really gorgeous. And then everything in the, the verticality of the... Underworld. It's yeah. Versus the uh, the horizontal nature of the above world is such an interesting technique, um, an interesting choice. Hmm. Just how colorful the underworld is. I guess underworld's maybe yeah, not the polite yeah. term. The 
the afterworld. Afterworld, yeah. I think, afterlife? is a much more yeah. polite afterlife. Um, and just how like weirdly dark a lot of this movie is, I really appreciated. Like, there is some very serious scenes and very serious content that we did not really see in some a lot of the other no. non-bonus movies we've covered. I don't yeah. feel like Finding Nemo was ever this like serious in terms of you know, sure. Nemo stressing that can be very that can be a little that can add some tension, but uh, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna die and no one's gonna remember me and now I'm just gonna disappear into nothingness and die for good. That's a lot of stakes. Yeah, yeah but I'm sure that's not the end of the road. No, well, you never know. You never you don't find know. out. You don't know until you pass the second death. Yes, but eventually it would have to happen to everybody. Right. You know, four and a half billion years. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of remembering yeah. going on. Right. So, I hope there's somewhere else or something else for these people. Because then their whole afterlife culture is based on the past and dependent on people remembering them. It's like, I'm having a party, but I sure hope somebody remembers me or I'm out of here. It's like, <laughs> that is bummer. true, yeah. Imagine if, like, bummer. you just expect your family to remember you every year and you never show up, which I guess is De La Cruz. He never really honored and traveled across he just kind of took advantage yeah I mean yeah that's true but neither did uh, what's her face the artist Frida Frida Kahlo like it seemed like I don't know it seemed like there was some serious classism in the afterworld that too but we that's true because that one guy had servants and stuff I think Ashley pointed this out while we were watching there were people coming back when they left yeah, there that are people. Yeah, like he could have technically gone at the beginning and just grabbed stuff. And if yeah. you're rich in the underworld, this rich, cult, like renowned thing, it seems like to him his image is a lot more important than his family. For De La Cruz, just oh, him sure. specifically. Well, that's indicative of his character. And there was classism because if you didn't get an invite to the party, you weren't going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So there you go. You could always dress up as Frida Kahlo and sneak on. I love the acting. I think it was a really bold choice in the Trump administration to make a film with yeah. all Latinx actors, except for John Ratzenberger, but he got he got. He was back. like a one tiny role. Yeah, like, he's, he's not like the main character. He has a single word, but um. Whoa! There you go. Yeah, it was really. It was really. Wasn't it also directed by? Yeah, I'm pretty sure like a, like a majority of the production team was yes, and that huh. they actually hired a because they hired a whole Oscars. council team. Mama Imelda was from Beekman's World. Oh my god, she was she was the first Josie. God, I totally. Oh, you're kidding <laughs> no. me! Do you guys remember that show? No, what is Beekman's World? No, oh, it was this great science show. Weren't they? Wasn't this when they were little? Or yeah, I'm sure. But it was a really good science show. It was like a, a science show mixed with Pee Wee's Playhouse, oh. sort of. And it was this guy Beekman, and he had a wacky assistant who was the yes. woman who played uh, Imelda. Wow. And he would do all kinds of science things. You know, usually like running air over a gas, empty gas can, you run air over it and it can't collapse and stuff oh. like that. So like Bill Nye the Science Guy? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. more for ki- more for smaller, smaller kids with, uh, with a bunch of oh. wacky, wacky stuff going on. Cute. Yeah, Big Bits World was great. Did we like the music? This yeah. Is, I you didn't? didn't like the score. I liked the songs. Oh, I didn't the score. I liked Remember Me, and I liked Un 
Poco Loco. <laughs> but I uh, was not too crazy about the score. It wasn't bad. It didn't stand up, stand out as bad, but it didn't stand out to me as good. Who did the score and what other oh. scores have they done? Here, wait, I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page. I can... It What's was Michael Jacon or Jacino? Yes, Giacchino? Michael. He well, has like done three. Well, like yeah, th- yeah, that was him, right? Yeah, other people did the slew of the other songs. people did the songs. It was Michael Giacchino. Um He has this was like his seventh uh, Pixar film doing the score. Hmm. A very very famous uh, scorer uh, composer. He, I guess he did The Incredibles. I just wasn't crazy about the score. Nice. Uh, What did you guys think? Do you guys disagree? I loved it. I didn't pay much attention to it. I didn't either. I just remember there was like one brass number that kept reoccurring every time. Like it must have been De La Cruz's theme or something. And that definitely stood out to me more than some of the other films that we've seen, like, score-wise. So I, I can't say that it's awful, or, like, I didn't like it, but just because yeah. I, it is, like, a part of it that I really remember. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I don't know if it's coming up. Are you good? Are we going to talk about supporting characters? Yeah, we could do that right now. Let's talk oh, about supporting characters. Great supporting <laughs> characters. And the yes. number one supporting character, that crazy dog. Yeah, yeah Dante! Dante! I love Dante. <laughs> He's so cute. That's right. He was great as a spirit dog. He was great as a regular dog. Yeah, I like that all his bits had to do with his tongue being too big. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty funny. Just flopping all over the place. Yeah, seriously good physical comedy that they wrote. Yeah. Yeah, um, and he got along great with that other spirit animal. It yes. was the bigger one that yeah. was a big part yeah. of the ending. Yeah. I just, every character felt really, really dynamic and felt very alive. Even, like, sub, like, total, like, Thrown to the wind characters. I guess the technical term would be like tertiary, tertiary characters, mm-hmm. like characters that are just in it for a scene or like a quick guest nod, like uh, Cheech Marin, who I adore in anything, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and others. And just super alive, super different, super real. I liked how uniquely shaped everybody was. Yes. Like there were women who were traditional skeleton looking and then there were women who didn't look necessarily like Mm -hmm. right out of a book and then this you have men that are really short and men that are really tall and you have people walking differently and doing stuff like that it was just really nice to see that amount of diversity which you would see you know just felt a little more believable it's dope it's so good Oh yeah, except for the parents, they were they were pretty much uh, yeah cut and dry, cut and dry. Like yeah, you're here to do one thing, yell yeah. at your kid. Yeah. Well, that's what all good parents do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's really grandparents' movie. Like the plot again, it's one of those classic kids' film plots where you have X amount of time to solve a problem, or else you're screwed. Um, but I think it was they kept the time frame consistent. Mm-hmm. Which was my big issue with Onward. Everything felt very, you know, just uh, everything felt like it was following a correct time. And um, I like how they moved through the through the world. I Damn, think everything the kid, felt the nice. kid definitely had a journey. Did he have a hero's journey? Well, he literally died, so maybe. Well, he was, <laughs> he he was searching over. for his heritage because he knew what he wanted to be, and he was just fighting for that mm-hmm. against you know, all his parents and grandparents saying, "No, you have to be this." 
and he's fighting for that in one sense, you know, fighting to get this one guy's approval so they go back to the land of the living. Mm-hmm. Just fighting to get the approval to be a musician. I mean, isn't that the real musician? You'd rather die than be able to play music again? Than not? No. Than not play music Yeah, than not play music? Well, yeah, you'd rather no. die than never play music again? No, I don't know about that. But regardless, I understand what you're saying, you know. He's... Yeah, I mean, he would, he had to get that blessing, the blessing of being a musician. But then at to the make end... it back. Because he rejected the other blessing. Yeah. From the other family member. So his whole thing was a quest to get the right blessing to go and be a musician. And it was under his nose the entire time. But yes. then he also was willing to give up music at the end to well, just yeah. be with his family and Which help his, uh, his person. And that's love. That's love, baby. I wanted to add to the passage of time thing... Um, if you notice, you can see his skeleton start to like, oh, yeah. really like, and they really subtly change it through scenes. Like you'll notice it starts with just his finger, and then hmm. near the end, you can see like when um, his great 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 grandfather is dying, you can see like his face is starting to hollow out. Oh wow! Yeah, there's like in onward, there was no actual visual aid to show that time was right. passing, other yeah. than like either a change in the a change in the lighting or. Um, just dialogue. But this movie, it was all through visual aid. It was all through... The stakes were growing because you watched mm. them grow. It's just very clever, subtle, subtle filmmaking. <clears throat> Back to the future. <laughs> what about you? What do you think? In general? Well, about the music and the family. And- uh, I think this movie had a good two different kinds of uh, heritage thing. Like, on one thing, we know that his great-grandfather was a musician. That's part of his heritage. Music is part of who he is. Mm -hmm. Also part of who his family is. And you also have family in general. Like, on the ofrenda, you have all the family members you're supposed to remember. Like, you're supposed to tell their stories, leave them offerings. And I think this movie did a good job of intertwining those two different parts of Miguel's heritage with how he knew someone in his family played music. It was in the stories they told, even if he didn't know what he looked like, he knew he wanted to play music. Mm-hmm. He knew that that was part of who he was as a person, and he knew that like, because his great-grandfather did it, it was part of the reason why he wanted to do it. Or I guess great-great-grandfather. I have to actually correct myself on that one. Um, yeah, it was his great yeah, great-grandfather. Two yeah, greats. Yeah, two greats. Um, And I think they do a good job, like, we were talking about how he gets the wrong blessing, or the right blessing, but he rejects it because he's not allowed to play music anymore. And one, that's a great interpretation of a Mm 12-year-old, because 12-year-olds will definitely go, no, no, Mm -hmm. I'm going to find someone who will give me a blessing. Um, But also, it shows that there's a part of him that he knows is there, that he's heard in stories, that he knows is part of his family, and he just wants to find it. Mm-hmm. And he'll be willing to do whatever he takes, because that's part of who he is. Mm-hmm. As well as, we can see as his relationship grows with Hector, and as he discovers that Hector is his great-great-grandfather, he realizes, I met this man, I played music with him, I did all these things with him, I did so much and at this point I realize who I am because I see what part of me I knew was missing before and I see it now 
not missing, but like the part he didn't know was mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And he realizes he can accept just family as long as he keeps every part of that family together, not rejecting one part of the family because he was murdered, but they all think he ran away. And I think that's a good like like combination of what it, what heritage actually means. Is it who you are based off of what your family does, or is it what you want to do for your family? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's really important to note that his family doesn't give up on him, even after he does something pretty insensitive and rejects the blessing and like basically tells him to go pound sand. That their their first immediate like response is like, all right, well we gotta chase him down and like still send him back because we still love and care about him. And you can say the same t- thing too about his uh, in like kind of real life family is, you know, he pretty much tells them, I hate you, I don't want to be a part of his family, and runs away, and they all stay out all night looking for him. Yeah, mm. there's no giving up on him. Yeah, which is really what family is about. Yeah, it's about loving someone conditionally. I mean, of course, there's always an extent. But uh, family is really yes, <laughs> unconditionally, and just uh, that's what family is. That's what we are, guys. Except I, uh, I give up <laughs> on you, Violet. Oh, <laughs> I give up in April, but I'd be afraid she'd sit on me. Yeah, hey, <laughs> she's a brick house. Very She's a brick mansion. Yeah, pretty she's, much. She's, she's a, a gosh, she's a gosh darn New York brownstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Why are you You're also mean to her. I know she's a brat, but jeez. Um, the other cats orbit her, though. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Around the food bowl, they have to like try and grab some while they're spinning her. <laughs> we don't overfeed our cat listeners. She's just uh, naturally a little bit chunky. She sees an opportunity and takes... She's actually yeah. stopped jumping in on the other cats while eating. I'm proud of her. I'm going to go first because I'm most important... I'm going to give this movie a 9 out of 10. Originally, I was going to give it a full perfect, but I kind of realized that I don't think it deserves a perfect score. It is not doing it for me like Up did, but I think it is a bit better than Onward, which I believe I gave either an 8 or a 7. Um, Max? Oh, I'm giving this movie a 10. I think this movie is super important. Uh, also, I could watch it over and over again without ever getting bored. I love the music, and it almost makes me cry. Aww. Hey, yeah, it did make you cry. How come you're not giving it a higher score? I didn't cry. Yes, I said yes, it yes, didn't did. make me cry. It did not make me ugly, drunk cry. You cried. You I said know it did Ashley, what's your rating? <laughs> I'm going to also give it um, a 10. I was excited when I heard this movie come out. I was excited watching it, and I loved it. Um, I think I agree with Max. I think it's super important. I think the music's good. I, I, there's really no issue for me with this. And I also just love seeing movies about culture and specifically cultural things. Like it's just so cool. So what'd you give it? A ten. Ah. What are you gonna give it, Mom? Nine point five. Actually, a ten. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a ten. Why? For all the reasons that folks listed, I mean, I just think it was, a, it was it was a very important movie in any time, but especially this time. And it was just beautifully done, and I love that families, that they showed a family that 
really, really loved each other and respected each other and were still messed up like every single other family in the universe, right? They weren't this perfect family. They're very imperfect, but really beautiful and wonderful. And I just I just think it's a really wonderful film. And Dad? Uh, I'd give it a nine. I think the only flaw I had with this movie was it was really monochromatic storyline. Like, Finding Dory has two stories running in parallel with each other. You go back and forth, but this one was all the kid's story all the way. In fact, the, yeah, there aren't too many scenes that don't have the kid in it. So, unlike some other true, movies yeah. where it balances back and forth and you have different things going on. So, that's it, that's it for me. Even Onward had two different storylines happening. Yeah. With the, the, uh, the mom and, <clears throat> and uh, what was that? The, the, the Manicore. Yeah, the Manicore. Manicore. <laughs> living, a, living life on the fast lane. Right. So that's the only thing that kept it from a 10. Yeah, that was it? Yep. Okay. That is an average of a 9.6 out of 10. Can I, of, can I say something real quick? Yes. Uh, I know we... I wanted to say this. I remembered it right after. One of the dark things was we saw child skeletons in the background. Sure. Like that kids was die. Cool. No, I know. I just, you don't usually see that in kids' movies. Mm. I thought that was really cool. That's true. Because Coco, you could see her age when she, when she eventually died and you saw her, like, yeah. ghost. You saw kid skeletons. I don't remember kid skeletons. They're, like, in yeah. the background and foreground, but you can see them there. When huh. he first crosses the bridge, too, there's, there's like, a mom skeletons. and her daughter, and she, like, covers her daughter's eyes and runs with her or something like that. Okay. Very dark. I Very just dark. wanted to bring that up. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it is really cool. I didn't even think about that, actually. That's really interesting. Average is a 9.6 out of 10, narrowly slipping by Finding Nemo. To land in, um, to land in second place. Violet is Oof. snoring quite loud. Oh man! Uh, I'll go over oh, our ratings, our top four and bottom four, because I have shifted the bonus episodes to their own category. Uh, I will do over ratings next time when we introduce season three. But it is time yes. to unveil our season three episodes. Ooh! Yay! Yep. Before I start, does a lot anyone of searching? A lot of hand ringing. Yeah, did anyone oh. want to switch before I announce them? Because there's no going back after the words "leave my mouth." Nope, nope. I'm stuck with what I have. What do you mean? There's no going back. You can't surprise people. No. 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 Season three will start with us finally tackling a Blue Sky Studio movie. I was really dreading doing this, but through some other people switching, they have filled my classic Disney. Uh, my classic Disney jonesing. So I'm going to go with Ice Age. There are five we have to cover. we got to do them in sequential order. And number one is obviously up first. So I want to knock out an Ice Age movie. It's probably the best out of the five, although maybe two, maybe three. (laughs) I only thought that. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have fond memories of this film. Mm-hmm. I have fond memories of the first few, watching it with you, Dad, and Max. Um, so let's see if they hold up. I've been mm-hmm. disappointed. I've been hurt so far uh, during the this podcast. Mm-hmm. I can be hurt again. Um, are we all announcing our own, or are you? Uh, Max, you're up next. Do you remember what yours is? Mine is Lilo and Stitch. 
Yes, the yeah, early two thousands movie that made Disney actually want to go back to hand drawn animation for a little bit. It was very good, and it always will be. I have so much to talk about when we do that. Can I help you write questions? Yes. Well, yeah, that's another movie I actually have really fond memories of watching. But um, I'm really excited to rewatch it. I also remember watching the like Disney Channel I cartoon. Love the TV show. Yeah. Like I watch that all the time. For some reason, with that movie, at certain scenes, I would associate the pictures with smells, and I don't know how I did that, but it holds up to today. It's awful. That definitely has parallel storylines. Yes, absolutely. Episode three of the season, which would be episode 13. Mom, you get the bonus film this time. What are we watching? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, the movie that uh, overtook the internet and made a bunch of incels cry online. (laughs) (laughs) Made a bunch of menaces cry online. Really? Yeah, Yeah, they they are so angry that... Oh, I thought you meant they were touched. No, no. No, No, incels were angry crying because women in power scare them. Um, Captain Marvel is probably the first of many Marvel Cinematic Universe movies Mom will pick for bonus episodes. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I won't. Regardless, um, it was a great movie. And I'm really excited to talk about it and nerd out. I really enjoy, I really enjoyed Captain Marvel, and it's something to do while we wait for Winter Soldier and the Falcon to drop on Disney Plus and this Black August. Widow. Yeah, Black Widow. Dad, do you remember what movie you picked? Robin Hood. Robin Hood, the 1960s. Is it 60s or 70s? I think it's either early 70s yeah, or early late 70s. 60s. That classic group of voice actors. That like yeah, that Disney had. Is that the one where they're all portrayed by animals? Yes, yes, yeah. yes it's animated. Robin Hood is a movie I have probably never seen, but have what? like weirdly fond memories. Dad, did of. it make you watch it a million no, I don't times? Think so. Did you Did I make you it? watch the real one? No, you made me watch the, the real one, one, and then you made me watch the animated one fifty times. Well, fifty one's not gonna hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun film. Yeah. And Ashley, your pick is. Alice in Wonderland. Yes, Ooh. Alice in Wonderland. One of Disney's kind of uh, Disney's like yeah, very tricky trippy film. Yeah, uh, one of Disney's like talked about movies in terms of like who the big princesses are, but definitely on like the lower end. She's not a princess. Yeah, but she's like highly okay. I'm going off Kingdom Heart logic, and she's like involved. So Kingdom Heart. I used to play that with you. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. The, uh, yeah. She fits the standard so princess body type. Or maybe yeah. I just watched you. I think you probably just watched Oh. So yeah, I haven't really thought of what the theme is going to be. I'll probably introduce that next time when I run down our ratings. Um, but yeah, so the movies are Ice Age, Lilo and Stitch, Captain Marvel is our bonus, Robin Hood, and Alice in Wonderland. We're definitely getting a little more trippy with it. We're getting a little weirder, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Really, really excited. Question of the week. Question of the week. Yes. So this movie's a lot about, there's a lot of remembering going on. There's a lot of member berries being passed around. <laughs> I love just saying it. I know, like, referencing South Park inherently makes me less cool as a human being, but member berries is so funny. Um, what would you like to be remembered for? Oh, boy. For me, it would be how fast I could eat a soft pretzel. Which is how fast? And a Rita's water ice, lemon water ice, 
which is about 3.4 milliseconds. I wolf it down. What would you guys like to be remembered for? <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah, we asked the real questions on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a little too intense. <laughs> Come at me, go. Mark. I can't Mary. go yet. Let's see. Well, if I had my choice for an epitaph on my gravestone, it would be Happy Goofball. <laughs> happy Goofball. <laughs> <laughs> like a phonetic fart sound. I've actually, I've actually put some thought into this. Yeah. The adjective changes, but Goofball definitely <laughs> is there. <laughs> What's what, what have the adjectives been? Oh, I don't know. First it was uh, harmless goofball, but like, nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, which makes you sound like kind of a racist or right. something. He was just harmless <laughs> goofball. Yeah, so I'll stick with happy goofball yeah. or pleasant goofball or you know, pleasant, you know, happy, happy goofball. Something positive. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What about you guys? Still thinking. It doesn't have to be serious. It can be goofy. I know, know but that's still... <laughs> Well, life has taught me that that should be my GPA. That is yeah, your GPA. So that's what it's going to be. What is it? My GPA. Oh, that's just going to be on your headstone? Oh, yeah. What I'm remembered for is yeah. everybody's going to go, Ashley. Oh, oh, her GPA. Yeah, her GPA was monstrous. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would love to be remembered by family for what they know about me. But, like, I don't really know what I would be remembered for. Hmm. I you, I just don't know what I would be remembered for, so I think I would want something like this situation in Coco, where they put up a picture of me and remember me, but I don't think there's a specific thing. When you say, what are you going to be remembered? By whom? Uh, by anybody. I mean, like, the world? My family? Oh my god, you think, you're such a social worker. Because, like, about this the kids much. I worked with will remember me for being... Either a really harsh camp counselor who always followed the rules, or like someone who would tell stories to them even on my breaks or when I was working. Like, there's two different things they could remember me by. But then you could ask. Look, I'm just lowballing some comedy stuff here. If you guys aren't going to make How about separate dinner? What? (laughs) Separate dinner. That's what we can remember. I'll say. Yeah, you probably could. I'm a pescatarian, so they always have to make me another meal. That's right. I, I'll be remembered as someone who made the extra meal. How about that? And complained about my eyebrows. Ugh, I gotta do your eyebrows. You're driving me up a tree. You brought that one on yourself. Yeah. That looked like that, like the Devo video for uh, Peekaboo. When they're all dancing in the potato with those arched eyebrows. And that is another episode of Disney Rewind. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us next time. Season three with some sweet sweet ice age we'll see you then and remember un poco loco never stop playing music never stop playing music